Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families I have Cindy Radu and we're going to be speaking about collaboration. I know you all know that collaboration is key especially in the world that we're going into. We are better when we work together and we can do a lot more when we work together and when we're looking at family businesses it's all about working with family members and everybody outside who is stakeholders of the family business. So we're going to just delve into what is collaboration in the family business space, what is collaboration to uh, family enterprises, and how do we get it done? And I'm so excited to have Cindy here. So welcome, Cindy. It's great to be here, Titi. Thank you for the invitation. You're most welcome. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself before we jump into our conversation on collaboration. Okay, well, thank you. I um, describe myself as a recovering part and trusts lawyer, to be honest. So I practiced from a, I come from a very technical background in uh, what I call the BC before child phase of my career. And um, after I had my daughter, Lucy, I decided that I didn't want to work in a six minute billable hour environment in the professional services firm and uh, started exploring different ways to work with, uh, with families. And that had always been where I seemed to gravitate when I was practicing professionally as a lawyer. And um, over time, I found myself really uh, getting engaged with uh, this whole field of family enterprise. I think my original entry point was really through uh, multifamily offices uh, to, to really get deep into this space. And a couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to do this independently. Um, and I did that for a number of reasons, which actually will come up in the conversation that we're going to have today around collaboration and, uh, and how I feel I can best collaborate uh, as an independent advisor. Excellent. And so the first question that will come up when I think collaboration, I think of the different relationships I have built um, over the past years with people that I work with that feed into um, the different roles that I play. But I'd like you to define what does collaboration mean to you and um, what does collaboration mean in, in the broad spectrum of the work that you do? Yeah, so for me, uh, collaboration at its core is, um, it comes from a place of service. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really um, in, in, our, in our hearts and our practices and the way we move in the, in the world um, that what can I do? How, how can I be of service? How can I help you? What help do you need so I can connect you to the people that can help you with what you need if I can't, if I'm not the right one. So it's, it's moving out of that place of self-interest, which is a little bit insidious, right? You really have to watch for that. Um, be, be observant of your own thinking around uh, how you're approaching working with clients. 
So this idea of an exchange of expertise, you know, if we're talking about in a, in a more technical or professional um, space, where the the whole is stronger than the parts, and um, and so I, it's it's that idea of people working together very intentionally and proactively, um, and very much being willing to sort of step back, step out of the way, not just throw your hands up and say I, I'm out of here, but just you know, be willing to say, okay, this is really where you're going to shine. And I'm here over in the wings if I can contribute or you think I can add value. But, you know, really coming from that place of open mind, humility, being generous with your with your own knowledge as you are, <laughs> you know, you really exemplify this and I commend you for that. Um, and that whole attitude of service. Thank you so much. So looking at collaboration in relation to family enterprises, we all know that families in themselves are a whole mixed bag of emotions at times. And you have families that work well together. Then you have families sometimes that have a little bit of, we don't actually work well in the space we're in. So what is collaboration in family enterprises and why is it important in this space? Yeah, so in, in the whole family enterprise space, this is still relatively new in terms of advisors starting to think about this um, really collaboratively in outside of even the firms that they, they work in. And as there's thought leadership in this area and we, we really start to drill down into what are all the different skills and knowledge and um, information that family enterprises need because the family enterprise of course is, is very broad it's, it's not as narrow it may include a family business but every family business family <laughs> every business family also has a family enterprise mm -hmm. right and so, um, you know, by, by nature as, as advisors, we have to be pretty specialized, right? The, the expertise is, uh, is needed because things are complicated, but, um, but we all have blind spots. And I, I love this, I, it, I don't remember where I saw this, but there was this analogy of um, World War II and the planes that were making it back to, to London, uh, England um, safely, the, uh, the engineers were looking at the planes and saying, okay, how do we, how do we um, reinforce these planes so we get more of our pilots and planes back to Britain safely? Mm -hmm. And so they were looking where all the bullet holes were placed and they're like, okay, we're gonna reinforce all these spaces, these places, and then um, a statistician was brought on board and the statistician says, well, no, you guys are looking at it um, from, a, from, a, from the wrong perspective. You need to think about the planes that didn't come back. And so the planes that didn't come back are the ones that probably were hit with bullets in different parts of the plane. So that, you know, importance of bringing different people to the party that have different perspectives to see things that you might not see um, you know, can really make a difference in, in life, right? Yeah. And success and, and, and how we are able to move forward. So that idea of a really collaborative approach gives us the best chance of achieving those goals and, and, and successful outcomes over the long term um, for, for families. 
I always share this um, thought process or, or what can I say, this way of life that um, we perpetrate on the African continent, which is called Ubuntu, which embodies that thought of collaboration because it speaks to I am because we are. So we are a result of a, a collective as, a, as opposed to an, an individual. And I think that really speaks into um, collaboration because um, I think there's the English proverb that goes something along the lines, it takes a village to raise a child. And obviously different members of the village will have different viewpoints and working together will raise a, um, a, a healthy, well-rounded child. So when we're talking about collaboration for enterprising families, who is doing the, the collaborating? Yeah, I love that. I love that question because we would typically think about that as an advisor-advisor collaboration, but from, um, from my way of thinking, there's actually three different groups. There's probably more, but for me, just three main, main categories. So certainly there's that advisor-advisor collaboration um, because typically advisors pretty good at working in silos and I mentioned before about expertise right so it's mm -hmm. it tends to be okay you know somebody's going to draft a will or somebody's going to draft a shareholders agreement or you know help with this business strategy whatever it is and then it tends to be often very much a handoff to the next the next advisor and 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 so you know there's a huge opportunity there to to shift a mindset in terms of working collaboratively but we also need the family members to work collaboratively with advisors. And this really brings us, brings into focus who is the client mm -hmm. and, and the, this idea of conflicts of interest. So some professions will have um, much higher thresholds that will be uh, you know, imposed by the professional bodies or you know, their ethics committees, et cetera, where it's very clear that um, often it's dad in, in, you know, I'm in Canada, so it's often dad or mom and dad who are the, the client. But when we're talking about family enterprise and family businesses, where's the family there? And, and so that idea of, you know, who is the client and, um, and bringing a team of advisors around the table to help the family. Mm -hmm. um, I had, uh, I, I have this um, a friend, actually, I, I wasn't a client, but a friend who was selling a family business, it was being sold from his dad to him. So they were doing it at, a, at a, a fair value sale. It wasn't a gift. And they had a really great relationship. There were no other siblings to involved. And, um, and they started out this process. And he said to me, after it was all done, that he felt like he had to Frankenstein it. And I love that. And I'm, sh I'm, I'm pretty sure Frankenstein is a global cultural, you mm -hmm. know, uh, meme, but this idea of he didn't know where to go. He didn't know if he should be going to a tax accountant or a tax lawyer or a finance person in a bank or, you know, this whole idea of just bolting all these different pieces together to, to get to an end result and didn't know who he could trust and get different conflicting information. So, so I think as advisors, we need to be really cognizant that that's what this can feel like to, mm -hmm. to families as they go through these transitions. It's like, 
you know, and so you get that, and, you know, we can talk about this a bit more later, perhaps, idea of a trusted advisor, but, um, but the family, the family advisor experiences is another group of collaboration. And then I think, again, this idea of, of family is, is so core <laughs> to family business, family enterprise, mm -hmm. and cultivating a culture of collaboration within the family itself is absolutely fundamental to success over the long term when we're looking at uh, legacy planning. And families typically aren't super skilled at that. Um, or they might, you know, be building that muscle, but they could use some outside help and whether that's some kind of coaching or conflict coaching or communication coaching, or, you know, learning how to be in family meetings, learning how to make presentations in front of family members to express yourself, you have to practice that. And um, I think advisors have a have an important role there to help um, families learn how to collaborate within within, mm -hmm. their, within their family. Mm. Okay. And what do you think are the most common impediments to collaboration? Mm. So if um, I'm going to use this, the same three categories in, in responding to that question. So with, um, with the advisor to advisor um, collaboration, I, I really, as I talked about before, this idea of silos Mm -hmm. carried to the extreme gets to be really problematic. And it does start to feel very much like a handoff rather than a collaboration. So we need to watch, we need to watch that. So when I talk about silos, for example, um, I come from a, a legal background. Um, you could say, let's just say tax. So in tax, within tax, there would be a multitude of silos. There would be people who would be experts in corporate tax. There'd be people who would be experts in, you know, personal tax, international tax. You know, you can break that down into many, many, many different subsets. Then you layer on corporate law and, and then you layer on and then you layer on and then you layer on, right? So whether it's wills or us. And, and so within these large professional services firms, um, there's many, many, many silos, right? And even again, within those practice groups, within say the wills and trust practice group, there'll be people who specialize in perhaps um, uh, families with disabilities or mental incapacity issues or, um, you know, big international cross-border estates. So, um, so, so that gets to be uh, a problem from a collaboration perspective because it's like, okay, well, I've done my thing. Now I'm just going to hand it off to the next expert, whether they're inside or outside of my, or my organization. And we talked about this idea of conflicts of interest as well. And so again, who is your client? Um, are you really serving your client as a family by yourself? Can you do that? And, and there's a tendency among some advisors, um, and I think partly this goes to in, in, in why I left the, the billable hour environment, where your, your motivation, whether it's front of mind or sort of somewhere in the back of your mind, tends to be, well, how, you know, I'm going to, I got to get my billable hours up or, you know, my metrics are X, Y, Z. And so um, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I can do this and not hand it off to, or involve, not hand it off, but involve the, the right person in that organization to walk alongside you and, and, and help that family. 
Um, you know, one example that I, I can think of from uh, recent uh, past is a corporate lawyer in a law firm had drafted a trust. And how I found this was I, I knew the firm was a, a big global firm. I knew the, the person at that firm who headed the trust's division. And when I read this trust, I'm like, there's no way that that went through her. There's no way, like there are too many things in this that are um, alarm bells for me. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to her and I said, I'll just call her Mary. I said, Mary, um, you know, I just, I, I've had this come across my desk and it, 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 uh, I'm pretty confident that this wasn't passed through your department for review. Can you please have a look at it for me and let me know um, if you see anything here that causes you concern? And she looked at it and she shared the, the concerns that, that I had. And it turned out that the corporate lawyer felt that, you know, it was something that he could do easily by pulling a precedent off of the system. You know, how hard can it be to draft a trust? And unfortunately, the trust had to be unwound and reestablished. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we really have a lot of responsibility as advisors to be self-limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and seek out the, the, right, the right people to, to work with. So th- that to me comes to this concept that I was on a, a recent a webinar and Tim Belber talked about this uh, idea, this notion of coming from a zero sum game. Like, this isn't a zero sum game. As advisors, we should come from a place of abundance. There is lots of ways that we can serve our clients. And so really, um, you know, bearing that in mind as your route rather than metrics at the firm, you're going to be further ahead in the long, in the long run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, and I think there is, yeah, I don't think I addressed the within the family. Yes. Um, I yeah. So, that. Right. So just on that point, uh, again, as I mentioned, I think family members aren't often used to collaborating as a family. Um, and when you, when you see the global, there was a survey done in the US and one of um, the, the predominant actually uh, cause that they had identified for, uh, I'll just say family enterprise succession breakdown was um, breakdown in communication and trust. So 60% of, of breakdown was attributed to this uh, inability to, or these skills not being developed yet and how to communicate and make sure decisions as a family. So those are, those are opportunities for both advisors and families, families to seek that out in their advisors and for advisors to say, yeah, let's, let's work on these, building these muscles. Mm. And what do you think families and advisors can do to encourage that collaboration? Yeah, well, an underlying theme, I think, uh, of the conversation we've had so far is that, you know, life, life is complicated, yep. and you layer on uh, family businesses, family enterprises, um, it, it should be, I think, apparent that there's really no single advisor who, who can do everything. Um, really finding the right fit for your family, um, and, and when I say the right fit, that, that can change over time. If you started out as a very small business, you may be able to work, and, you know, get, get up and running with a sole practitioner. But as you get more complicated and global and international, your needs will change. Mm-hmm. And hopefully your advisor will be able to say, you know, I think 
I think you're outgrowing me and to find the, you know, find another um, firm that's got more services that they can offer or, or create a, a, a coherent group of advisors to walk alongside you. Um, but that needs to be done intentionally. And so many people I find will say, oh, you know, my, so, my buddy uses so-and-so, we were out golfing the other day and he talked about this lawyer. And, in a, it, you know, that we make assumptions about that to me that that is an, there's a lot of assumptions embedded in there that that your family is like their family mm-hmm. we don't really know you know we know people on the surface but we don't really know what's going on behind the curtain and and to have that um to say okay well that's one one option but you know, I'd like to talk to a few advisors and interview them and see what they bring to the table and how they work and, and, and have those conversations. And you're entitled to do that. And you should do that as a family. You should expect your advisors to be willing or potential advisors to spend that time, invest some time up front to get to know you and, and uh, for you to get to know them so that they have a comfort level that, yeah, you are the right fit for their family where they are now. Mm-hmm. And then looking at uh, families as they explore getting an advisor or explore engaging advisors or even shifting from one advisor to another, what would you advise in terms of the family's in-house collaboration in identifying the right advisor as well as in um, then engaging the, the advisors and sometimes realizing working together to ensure that the collaboration they have between the family and the advisor is the right one yeah i I mean there's there's again a lot of considerations there so as you yeah as you as you grow or as as things shift i mean you you're you may again have just outgrown your advisor um and this idea of it's often dad or mom and dad that you know, have that rapport with that particular advisor. But as you're moving more into this broader um, lens of family enterprise and, and family business, uh, does that advisor really have good rapport with the rest of your family? Mm-hmm. And um, and they, they may or they may not. And are they... Uh, do you find that they're being really proactive? Are they being reactive? Um, you, you know, you, you, you want people who are bringing different ideas to the table or introducing you to, to other people, other advisors. Um, another thing often in, in, whether it's a big firm or a small firm, advisors need to have their own succession plan, right? You know, we talk about that with, with, our, with the businesses that we work with. Right? What is your succession plan? Mm-hmm. But we also should ask our advisors that because nobody's immune from dying, right? Or becoming disabled or temporarily disabled. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know who that, um, what that succession plan looks like and is that gonna be a, a right fit? Um, so this reliance on you know, a single advisor within an organization, um, you know, we, it's wonderful to always have that kind of an elder or trusted advisor that knows you and knows the big picture, but that person needs to come from, a, a, to really serve the family well, a, 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 this collaborative mindset that we've been talking about. Absolutely. And then thank you so much, Cindy, for, for joining me today and really 
unpacking what collaboration looks like from um, families engaging advisors, working with them, as well as advisors themselves, knowing that there they can be limitations to some of the things uh, and services that we offer and looking to work with, with other people in that collaboration, we can do more and give more for the families that we serve and um, the enterprises that they serve in turn. Do you have any concluding thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, many people will know John, John A. Warnick and uh, I was on a recent, uh, as I mentioned, a recent webinar and this, I've, I've referred to collaboration as a muscle a couple of times, and that was something that John A. had brought up in this webinar, and I really loved it. And um, he went on to say that collaboration can be recessive <laughs> or it can be dominant, mm -hmm. and um, like any muscle. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it, the easier it becomes. And honestly, I just find collaboration to be so rewarding and fulfilling. And it gives me chills when I, when I think about the, you know, seeing collaboration develop in, a, in an advisor group within a family, advisor to family, all the things that we've talked about today. So really trust yourself, trust others, be willing to, you know, build those bridges, explore the collaboration and, and just try a different way, a different way to work collaboratively. Thank you so, so much, Cindy. Thank you.